Welcome to the Between Two Birds podcast. The date is December 9th, 2015. I am your host, Cody Colston. And I am Connor Garcia. And sorry for uh, not having a show last week. Um, uh, finals have kind of put me in a comatose state. So Con- Connor's a bad co-host. Connor's not a bad co-host. Connor's a good co-host. Yeah, Connor Garcia guy is awful. I can, I can, I can, I can make fun of Connor all day, and he, he won't say anything. And that's what makes him such a great, great co-host. What? <laughs> Shut up, Connor. <laughs> See? Um, we're going to hop right into uh, some baseball news. It's winter meetings, the, the hot stove. Hot stove. Hot takes on the hot stove. Hot takes on the hot stove. Everything's hot. For the Orioles, the mildly warm. Yeah, mildly warm to occasionally um, below zero cold. <laughs> um, but it, it's definitely been uh, eventful, and we're not probably going to be able to cover everything. Um we're going to go over a lot less football this week um, because of it. So just a heads up, if you're a football guy and you listen to the podcast for football, um, you're in for a rough week. If you like baseball, um, you're going to like this week, hopefully. Um, but jumping right into it, oh, you were going to say something? We hope you'll like it. Oh, yeah, we'll hope you like it. There's no guarantee that you like this podcast. It's on a week-to-week basis on whether or not people like it or not. So I'm just going to I'm just going to pretend that you like it so I can deal with my own insecurities. <laughs> Just please leave us one star rates rates on iTunes already. Come on, we know you want to. I would I'd like a lot of one star ratings. I want to know how bad we are. <laughs> oh, but um, jumping right into it, the Orioles finally make a move. Well, they made moves, plural Mo- moves up, plural Connor, plural plural. <laughs> they uh they signed uh Darren O'Day to a four year thirty one million dollar deal. Um, physical pending. Dun dun dun. Pending the physical. Yeah, uh, as we know, the Orioles have one of the most thorough physicals uh, in the league, so nothing is ever a guarantee when they say, uh, oh, it's a done deal, just physical pending. Um, I, I mean, if De- if Delman Young can pass it, <laughs> I would hope Darren O'Day would. Right, I mean, it's, it's funny because people think that the Orioles are really strict on their, 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 their strictness on the uh, physicals are unwarranted. But, I mean, it saved us with Grant and Balfour. He got injured um, the year that we were suppo- we were supposed to sign him. I mean, he ended up sucking anyway. But he had, um, what was it? I can't remember what he had. It was, some, it was either with his shoulder or with his back, I think. I can't remember specifically. Yeah, it was something like that. And they failed a couple other guys, I can't remember. But um, I found it funny that people kept on saying that Nick failed. His physical. When Nick never took one because he never agreed to a deal. Yeah, it was, they were concerned about um, his neck in general because he injured it the uh, the year before and they didn't know how it would affect him going forward. That's why they chose to give him three years instead of four years. Um, and that was the deal breaker that sent him to Atlanta. I mean, if you sign Balfour, what does that mean for Zach Britton? I mean, not signing Grant Balfour has kind of blessed the Orioles in a way to where Zach Britton's your closer. Now you have Darren O'Day locked up, and you have a guy like Michael Givens about to be in the mix of that, maybe the seventh inning guy. Maybe Grant Balfour is the sign that's like, maybe these work, and the Orioles are maybe one of the smarter teams. You know, obviously, the initial reaction when you didn't get Balfour was, what are you doing? You need a bullpen move because... You need a back end of the bullpen guy. Because that's when um they had just gotten rid of Jim Johnson, so... It worked out in the end to where, you know, Tommy Hunter eventually led to Zach Britton, and Zach Britton's now one of the best back ends in baseball. What's interesting now is that O'Day, when he first hit the market, the report is that he wanted closer money because he wanted to be a closer. And with him, with us signing him, does that mean that Zach Britton's no longer the closer? Because, I mean, there's there's people going around talking, you know, say, let's move, let's stretch Britton out. Let's see how he can do as a starter. Britton has one pitch, and it's a 98-mile-per-hour cut fastball. And that's not how slash you... Slash sinker. Slash sinker, slash... Slash every type of fastball, because no one really Every time you hit it, your bat breaks, and you hit the ball right into the ground. Yeah, but pretty much. Zach Britton is not a starter anymore. You can 
it's not like the case of Brian Mattis where he can have he has a little more room to maybe go four or five innings and start. You know, if you want to stretch yeah, Brian Mattis into a starter. People are saying that we should stretch Brian Mattis out. Well, the da- only... well, Dan Duquette is saying it, and we can take that with a grain of salt because they say that every spring. Da- uh, as much as I love Duquette, he like he he exaggerates so hard because he called what was he called he called Jimenez um what was it I can't remember a top part of the rotation starter or something like that some something along maybe, those lines maybe like. 2007 or 2008 not 2014 yeah. 2015 but he just, he just Dan, Dan Duquette says the same exact things for every single player well he's good on base percentage guy he's a good clubhouse presence he uh will bring a lot to the club and he'll help the team in 20 whatever he said describing the the 60 year old 68 year old body of Julio Franco <laughs> you know he's a good on base guy He's a good on base presence to where you can drag him out onto the field and stick him on a base. <laughs> yeah, I mean you could do that with Ty Cobb too. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's still around. I'm pre- pretty sure Ty Cobb's kicking up his grave trying to go out and punch more people in the face <laughs> or something. Um, but as as far as Duquette goes for GM, he's okay. He's not the best and he's not the worst. Yeah, I mean I, I like Duquette, but getting back to Brian Mattis, the only reason that I'd be okay. With trying to see what Brian Mattis could do as a starter, is one he's not he's not worth anything in, in the bullpen. I mean he's no. he's a lefty only specialist who can't pitch to lefties. And like he has decent numbers, but you have to think he comes in for about maybe two hitters a game every like every two days. Yeah. So his numbers are going to be low because he's not pitching that much, and many of the runs he gives up are inherited runners that aren't eventually charged to him. They're guys that maybe yeah, maybe the starter leaves on or. Just, he, he's horrible at stranding runners. Yeah, because that's the thing. Everyone says, well, Brian Mattis has a good ERA. That's not what you judge a guy like that on. Yeah, mean, you, have to, you have to look at his splits and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, he's doing a little better against right-hand hitters, so that's why they'll stretch him out to be a starter. But it's I'd rather go out and get a Scott Casimir and pay him and then just cut a Brian Mattis from the roster and sign Tony Sipp. I, I, I'm gonna, we're going to touch on Casimir later because uh, he, he, he's the Warriors of potentially been linked to him but another reason why i like brian mattis is that he has a lot of pitches i mean uh that was the big thing when i think they drafted him is that he could throw a lot of pitches he had a lot of different looks to every every one of his pitches i mean he was a first round pick you yeah he has the skill set to be that kind of guy but it just hasn't translated whether it was bad developing when he was drafted because that was the era of when the development team was god awful and nobody was coming up and deliver that's what the era of like Jake Arrieta getting screwed over. Uh, Chris Tillman was struggling then. Yeah, Chris Tillman didn't. Den- like, all these other guys that were supposed to be great and then just completely failed. Yep. Alright, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their bullpen. Because it seems like that's the one thing we're really good at developing, the Orioles are really good at developing, is bullpen arms. And I saw something interesting. The Mariners had the best bullpen in 2014, and they were, like, a game away from the wild card. They had the worst bullpen in 2015, or like one of the worst, and it was the same group of guys. And and someone was saying, I think it was Dan Schrabowski, or however you say his name, yeah. uh, he said, the Orioles basically signed O'Day to be in the same bullpen. If you take him away, the Orioles' ERA is like goes from third to fourth in bullpen ERA. But you have to think, you're about to get a full year of Michael Givens, maybe like five months of Oliver Drake. These guys weren't on the team last year for yeah. most of it. Uh, and I'm, I'm really big on Michael Givens. Right, yeah, Michael Givens looks like he's gonna be he's gonna be a monster. It looks like he's gonna be like um, I I can't even think of someone off the top of my head to compare him to. But he's, I, he's, I consider him like a Pat Neshek, just the way he throws and how effective he is. But he's like he throws way faster than Pat Neshek does. Yeah, so. he has a weird arm slot and he throws hard. So he can, you can't really compare him to anybody. So I mean, when he was throwing and practicing. When I would see him out, he was always throwing with O'Day, so he had to pick something up. Yeah, true. But yeah, it's it's just gonna be interesting how the how the bullpen um, goes out. I mean, and I'm big on uh, I think it's John Keller in the minor league system. I think he's only at A ball or Double A ball, but he was in the College World Series and he threw the dude throws like ninety nine. I mean, if you can throw ninety nine, you're gonna have a job somewhere if you can control it. Yeah. But not even. I mean, look at look at guys like um. Uh, shoot, who is the guy for the Cubs that couldn't throw it? 
He threw really hard, but he could never... They just recently got rid of him. Not Strope. Not Strope. It was, um... He would have a long last name. I think. Um... You know who I'm talking about. No. No, you don't know who I'm talking about? No. He went to, like, the White Sox and still sucked. Or, no, he went to the Dodgers and sucked. Long name. Not... Oh, my gosh. We're looking up. Yeah, this is is gonna bug us. I'm sorry, folks. We have to figure this out. Um... I'm trying to think, because last year they had, like, Jason Mott in the bullpen, Strope, not Rondon, because he's still there. Um, it's a tough one. And he's on the Dodgers, you said, right? He was on the Dodgers. He's not anymore. Um, shoot. Marmol! That's who it is. Oh, Carlos Marmol. That's who it was. That's who I was thinking of. Oh, you said long last name. I'm thinking, like, Rowan Garter length last name. <laughs> I I I I'm I miss I misremembered. My bad. No. Well, anyway, um, yeah, Carlos Marmol. That's who I, he threw really hard, and that's why they liked him. But he can never find the strike zone. Yeah, that was kind of the problem with Pedro Strope too. He's done better with the Cubs, but that was the big thing with the Orioles was he was throwing hard, couldn't find the plate. He had he had that breakdown in the ALDS against the Yankees, and he was just never the same for us. Yeah, and like. People were scared to face him at some points because he wouldn't control himself. And that's why, like, he had the quick pitch and people got mad at him for it because he would not go into a full stop. He would just continually throw. Mm. And he pissed off a lot of people doing that, I think. Right. And then people were scared to face Daniel Cabrera, too, when he was on the Orioles. (laughs) Because he was throwing 110 miles an hour and he was just, he had no aim whatsoever. Daniel Cabrera. Isn't he still in the league? No. Really? No, I think he's either... He might be in the Japanese league or something. Uh, well, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. The big name um, this offseason is Christopher Lynn Davis. Um, the, apparently, the Orioles have a seven-year, $150 million deal on the table, which, if he accepts it, would be the largest contract in Orioles history. Uh, Mark Teixeira, The contract they offered Mark Teixeira was in the ballpark, the same one with uh, uh, Prince Fielder. Uh, was in the ballpark, but apparently Davis is trumps both those in terms of uh, money. So, uh, what's your take? Goodbye. If you're not <laughs> if you're not going to take that goodbye, um, take that money and spread it out. Get some outfielders. Get get a pitcher. I I will, if personally, if we don't get Davis, I want us to use that money on um, Casimir and Upton. I'm thinking Casimir. I know Gordon is a favorite to go to the Giants right now, but you have to go either Alex Gordon or even, like, um, Bird's Eye View pointed out, Jason Hayward. Just go for it. He wants a 10-year deal, supposedly. But That's, I'm... I would be okay with it, I guess, but it's... Do you, th- you think with the way Camden Yards is, Hayward will probably bat fifth. Do you think Manny at th- number three, Jones at four, Hayward at five... Hayward compliments Jones to where pitchers are going to have to face Adam now because it's not like, you know, Mark Reynolds is following him up where he can just strike him out. Right. But, um, or like a Matt Weeders, you'd have him probably six and then, like, following is maybe, like, Scope or something. But Hayward has, he averages, like, 20 home runs a year, I think. That bumps up to maybe late, uh, early, like, 30s and stuff. So, with a, uh... Smaller outfield and right field. He's a good defender. Jason Hayward had 13 home runs last year. He had 11 in the year before that with Atlanta. So he's he's like a he's like a 15 home run type guy. He would he would, pro- be, he would be 23 maybe in Camden, something like that around probably. there. Um, which you know with the offense, I mean, adding Trumbo adds homers. You already have Scope, Jones, Machado. You don't need homers in this offense now. You need a guy maybe behind Jones to knock him in if he gets on base. Because Jones isn't a 30-homer guy, I think, anymore. He's going to be, like, 25 the rest of his career. I wouldn't mind him as if we got him. I think, personally, he'd be, like, a number two just because of his average and on base. Like, a number two in the batting lineup? Yeah, he'd be, like, a number two because he hit 293 last year and he had a, a well, then 359 even, OBP. Yeah, even then, who would, like, lead off? Who do you still have? Maybe Reimold in, like, a left field. But I don't want... My main thing is I don't want Reimold starting anymore. Yeah, I mean, that that's a that's a, that's a love affair. Um that just won't end. No, as uh, Zach Wilt, uh, the editor of BSR, pointed out, uh, it's a love, it, same with Brian Mattis. Those two love affairs, I said, are eternal and everlasting, and don't you dare go against them. <laughs> but like, 
maybe Scope moves up to the number two spot. No, I think you have to you have to put some protection in front of him. And he hits home runs, so he's going to be up in the batting order. Yeah. I mean, this is a lineup posed to hit dingers if they can just add one more player. Like, I, I forget who posted. I think it was Keith Law that said, you always put your best contact hitter number two, followed by your best power hitters at three and four. Well, and right now, Manny Machado's that guy. He's the best contact hitter on the Orioles. True. The the sabermetrics say that you should put your just best hitter at the number two spot. and yeah. then That's why Mike Trout hits number two for the Angels, I feel. He either leads off or hits second. It should be. It's, it's, like, it's like your third best hitter. Your first best hitter, then your second, fourth, fifth, sixth, like yeah. that. That's how sabermetrics say it should be done. And it that just means Machado should not just should not lead off anymore. <laughs> That's yeah. He should be he should be two or three. Yeah. But um, I I would be interested to see if the you know they went after like a the Dis- Denard Span type. Maybe after you get somebody else, I would be okay with Denard Span. But if Denard Span's your only option, then that's not good enough. Yeah. But I'd... but then you have your leadoff guy. Right. That would be the only plus with Denard Span, I think. And solid defense, and plus he's moving from center field to maybe right or left. I mean, he's played he played right field with the Twins. He thought he obviously played center with the Nationals. He has some injuries problems. Same with Gordon. So maybe you go Hayward. He's been a little bit more healthier along his career. That's... Yeah, he's missed he missed time in 2013, but other than that, yeah, he's, he's like a 150 game type guy. Yeah, so uh, for health wise, you got Hayward. Stick skill wise, you got Gordon, but lead off wise, you got Denard Span. But then Justin, I don't want Justin Upton just because it's another right handed bat. Because then you have to go get a lefty. Yeah, well, I mean, Duquette said that they're already going after. They plan on getting a lefty today as we're recording this. Yeah, so, so we'll see. We don't whether he said. Uh, minor leaguer or major leaguer <laughs> yeah. is, is soon to be known, but... What if, what if the pitcher bat's left-handed? Well, then, there you go. <laughs> we got a lefty pitcher, then a lefty hitter, same day. Well, uh, Duquette's, jump, Duquette's a genius. Jumping jumping around a little bit. Oh. I apologize for that. That was a automatically playing video in the background. I had wow, thanks a lot, CBS Sports. Yeah, really. Fuck you, CBS. We're not um, even going to read from your article anymore. That's yeah, I, I closed it out. But uh, as, uh, as I was saying, jump around a little bit since we're talking about outfield. The Orioles are expected to make um, a bid on the posting of Asop Sun, if I'm saying that correctly, who uh, who plays for the Lot Giants. They're posting him. He Last year he hit 317, 406, 472 with 13 home runs, 50 yard, 4 RBIs, and 11 stolen bases. I'd like it. It looks like a good move for like a type of the type of guy that they're if, looking for. If you can bring him in and bring in Denard Span, I'd be okay with that. Because that brings in a maybe Sop or Sun hits whatever Sun hits maybe sixth in the batting order. Maybe Weeders at five. I'd be okay with that. Oh, I see him leading off if we get him. To be honest he, with you, you think he'd be a leadoff hitter? I mean, he I, can he can steal bases. Um, he's a little bit of speed. He has a little bit of pop. He had thirteen home runs. For the Lot Giants, but um, looking at their stadium, it's very hitter friendly. I mean, the deepest part is three eighty six, but it has sixteen feet walls, sixteen foot walls. So, I mean, it's 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 higher in, but it's you have to actually get it up in order for it to go out. So, I mean, he looks like the type of guy who'd who'd, who'd be like your prototypical leadoff. I mean, four or six OBP. He doesn't have that much slugging. It's not a Double. He's not. He's barely a doubles hitter. I mean, he's hitting. Is is, um, his slugging is four seventy two compared to four hundred six OBP, which is very good. So, yeah. um, if the Orioles like to go after the international guys that aren't on the radar as much, because like you have Park that went to the Twins, who got cheap average annual value, but then you have guys like, you know, I just realized what I said. I said four seventy two wasn't a good slugging. My bad. Keep on going. I that was a horrible thing for me to say. <laughs> my mouth is moving faster than my brain. I apologize. Like the off season that they signed Wei Yin Chen, you Darvish signed as well. So I was so mad we didn't go after him. I he, he's so cheap. Like if you look at his what, contract, where is he now though? Oh, he's on the DL. And he's about to. He had Tommy. Did he, he either had Tommy John or he's about to have it? Denard Span or not Denard Span? You Darvish. I apologize. Uh. It, he's just a baller. He pitch with his left hand if he needs to. But I'm not big on the big international guys because you saw what guys like. I'm trying to think. Moncada, not Moncada, um, the guy that pitched for the K K Gawa with the Yankees back in like '09 or '08. Or Dice K. Yeah, see these guys. 
you don't know what they're going to be when they come over here. Maybe in Suck a couple... Suck uh, T- Tsuyoshi Wada, you know. I mean, he did have, like, one good season with the Cubs. Well, it didn't help the Orioles. <laughs> True. But you never know these guys. You want... Maybe the little under-the-radar guys are better. Because, like, a young Ho Kong wasn't on everybody's radar. The Pirates picked him up, and they're now they're probably looking to trade Jordy Mercer young, away. Young Ho Kang. Jung Ho Kong. Or I, th- I thought it was Kang. Kang Kong. Either one. King of Kong. King of Kong. Uh, um, I mean, and then you got guys that come out of Cuba, like Cespedes signed for really cheap with the A's. And he was, he was on people's radar, but he wasn't the big guy that offseason because everyone was focused on you, Darvish. So the we- Athletics swooped up Cespedes kind of quickly. And now the big market is Cuba with guys like Moncada. Um, um, who's the guy for the Diamondbacks? Uh, Yasmani Tomas. 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 Um, Puig is relatively cheap if you look at his contract. Com- yeah. So, and th- and then you got guys like Henry Rudy and Dariel Alvarez that came out of Cuba. Where did they go? To the Orioles. I mean, yeah. I- I'm not big on either of them. I think Alvarez, his only asset is a big arm in the outfield and a power hitter, but he's going to strike out a lot. And the, the Orioles signed two, um, I think, Dominican players the year they got Cruz to replace that first-round pick that they had to give up. It was they're, they're like They were supposedly like 16- or 17-year-olds that they signed. Uh, I don't know. I, probably 17, if I'm not mistaken. But they were like... They were like six three and like six four at seventeen years old. I'm like Jesus Christ. I one of my favorite Buckshow Walter qual- uh, quotes is, "You never draft an eighteen year old with a full beard because they mature too quickly." <laughs> but um, and then um, Homar Reyes was out of the Caribbean, right? And he's maybe the top infield prospect in the system right now. His defense is lacking, and uh, Dylan Atkinson of Orioles Uncensored says. He maybe moves to first base with his defense being as bad, and with maybe Machado moving to short in a couple years. See, I, I when I when I want him to be the third baseman because Machado moving to short if his defense gets better because I feel like that would be that would solidify that that end of the infield that whole the that whole two uh, second base third base shortstop it'd be solidified because you have scope you have Reyes and you have Manny and I would just love that double plays all day. Yeah, and then whoever at first maybe Walker Mancini. Or or that Davis guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's another thing. Um, if if Davis walks, who do you think's replacing him? Christian Walker or Trey Mancini, or did they get somebody? Right away, Christian Walker. If they because they they feel like speaking of another move, the Orioles acquired Mark Trumbo and C.J. Riefenhauser for Steve Clevenger. Oh yeah. Um, him too. I, Trumbo. I'm not. I'm not that big on Trumbo because just how bad his year was last year. I'm big on him because he had back to back thirty home run years. That too. In a not friendly hitters ballpark in Anaheim. That is very true. But you put him in Camden, maybe behind Jones and Weeders, maybe even Scope. I mean, he is. He has a lot of protection in the lineup. I will give him that. I mean, he's a big bat. I mean, he's not going to play 150 games. He's going to play probably 110. He's not. He's not going to play every day. As long as we don't put him in the outfield, I'm going to be happy. I would like him just to be the DH first base type guy. Yeah, and I then maybe be... Christian Walker starts off on the 25 man. You don't necessarily need to go after anybody because like Pedro Alvarez was non tendered, so he's available. But Pedro Alvarez defense is equivalent to Mark Trumbo anyway. Right. I mean, there's a reason they moved Alvarez from third to first because he wasn't that great. At and third. teams are looking at him already as DH. Yeah. So it's not even going to be worth it to look at him I as mean, a first if we, baseman. If we got him as a DH and stuck Trumbo at first, I mean, that's a lot of strikeouts, but that's also a lot of home runs. It's basically the equivalent to 2012 of when he had Davis at first and Mark Reynolds at first, and they would switch off of DH. and Or you would put Davis in right field and have Reynolds at first. Because Mark Hagas was injured. Yeah. Um, no, 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 you would put him, you put Dave, yeah, you put Davis in right field, and then it was like McLeod, Tolleson, Flaherty in left field. Yeah, with like... Uh, who else? Oh, Andy Chavez. Andy. Andy Chavez. Left field is a black hole for the Orioles, and I feel like they're never going to get a solid left fielder ever again. <laughs> I mean, it, it does feel like that at times. Because you think Nolan Rymel comes up in 20, 2009, all right, we got our guy. Injury, injury, injury. 2012, Nate McLeod, we got our guy. Declines rapidly to back where he was. Yeah. Um. Chris Dickerson, all like the uh, I love Dickerson. All the guys that have come and gone, Nelson Cruz, one year guy. Goodbye. It, was he really a left fielder though? I mean, when you put him in left field, he's a left fielder. 
you wouldn't call him a left fielder if you just were saying Nelson Cruz, baseball player. He, he was a left fielder in spirit only. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> like how Delman Young is a still a baseball player in spirit. <laughs> yeah, that that is... It, it's it's going to definitely be interesting. I mean, um, I, I'm going to be excited to see if they make any moves. I feel like they need to make moves. They need to get better. They need to, they need to get at least two players, I would think, two players to at least remain competitive in the AL East because the division's only going to get better because Boston's going to be reloading. Uh, Tampa Bay looks like they're just getting... They, it seems like every year they just get younger and they get better. They get younger and they get better somehow. Because, like... Now they have Kevin Kiermeyer, who's going to have another full year up there. They still have Evan Longoria, Desmond didn't, Jennings. Didn't they go... They, they only won... They broke even, didn't they? Like us? I or, think they tied. Or they were a couple games under five hundred. Yeah, they weren't They weren't that bad. But they still have a good, solid rotation led by Chris Archer and, like, Drew Smiley. Yeah, and Jake Odorizzi. Yeah. So they're, they're not going to... You don't... They're not going to be pushovers. The Yankees are never pushovers because they just got Starling Castro... From the Cubs for, for Adam Adam, Adam Warren. Warren and Cash. So, fun note: Adam Warren two point two WAR, forty some games. Andrew Miller two 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 WAR even, like sixty games. Adam Warren was a better pitcher than Andrew Miller in twenty fifteen. Well, the Yankees are supposedly trying to trade Miller and Brett Gardner. You can get a lot for Andrew Miller, maybe because of the contract. But Brett Gardner, I don't know why you trade him. Just because he's your leadoff guy, he's not a he, he's an awful defender. He's <laughs> he an aw- a pea shooter for an arm. Yeah, his arm is god awful. Um, I don't see them getting a lot for Brett Gardner. Some team will overvalue him, like the Angels or something. Right. But Angels don't have that much to offer in the way of prospects because of trading for Angelton Simmons. Right. Um. Moving on, some more Orioles uh, moves that we're just going to glance over. They DFA'd Steve Johnson and Paul Janish. Uh, they now intended David Lowe and Nolan Reimold and Vance Worley avoided arbitration and signed one-year deals. I'm I'm interested in Worley. Long reliever. I don't think he'll be... He'll try for the starting rotation, but he's going to be a long reliever guy. Because they're going to move Brock to maybe a little later inning work, I think. I, th- I think how the bullpen is probably going to be set up. It's probably going to be Britton, O'Day... Um, Givens, and then Brock is like your seventh inning, possibly eighth, when you don't have Givens or O'Day. Yeah. And then... Because then you can add Oliver Drake into the mix, yeah, too. Yeah, and you can add, throw in Oliver Drake. And then, I personally think McFarland stays as a long reliever because... I mean, he has no value to me as a one-inning guy to come in and get three outs that you trust. You bring him in when you're down four or you're up, like, by four. Buck and Duquette seem to be trying to push him as a starter, though. They want him to be a starter so bad because they keep on sending him down. They only bring him up when they literally have no one else to eat innings. Yeah. I, so, think, I think their innings eater will be Vance Worley letting McFarland stay in Norfolk and try and become a starter. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against it as long as Worley performs. But um, I mean, for a long reliever, you don't need the best of the best. You just need to get through the innings. But I, then again, I mean, I don't want... God, who did we have last year when McFarland was down? Who was our long reliever? Um, we didn't have one because we had um, what's his face Garcia, J- Jason Garcia up. And yeah, he, Jason Garcia is when you come in when you're up like when you're up by ten or you're down by ten, and you know you 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 can allow him to give up nine runs. Yeah, <laughs> because you you have Zach Britton available or something or O'Day, but no, yeah Garcia will probably be in like Bowie. He won't even be in Norfolk, I think. I I just uh, I can't believe we kept him over Logan Verrett because Verrett looked like he was going to be good and Verrett did decent with the Mets when he went back. So. Yeah. Oh, 20, well. 2015 was a black hole for Dan Duquette that yeah. people were not fond we, of at all. Well, twenty fourteen there were a lot of guys that were the lightning in the bottle types. I mean, you had Steve Pierce. I mean, didn't Delman Young produce there for a little bit? Yeah. Uh, Nelson Cruz one year deal after being a, the steroid uh, suspension. You balled. You mean you signed Ubaldo Jimenez, but he was probably your least productive acquisition that off season. Right. But that's pretty much it for the Orioles news. I think we covered um, what we wanted to cover. Do you want to move on to the MLB news now? Yeah. Um, David Price goes to the Red Sox for seven years, one hundred sixty-one million. Granky goes to Arizona for six years, two hundred six point five million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, especially. 
for the Red Sox, considering they're paying Hanley, Sandoval, um, and all their young guys. They got. I mean, soon they're gonna have to pay Mookie Betts. Um, they're still paying Pedroia. They or, haven't paid Bogarts yet. Bogarts now. Uh, Ortiz is still on the payroll for one more year at least. But I, that's a lot of money for Price, and it makes sense for Price to stay in the AL East because it's where he shines. And it's yeah. the best chance of getting to the playoffs, or one of the best, because the Red Sox are always perennial contenders. I mean, they're going to finish... I mean, they finished fifth? They finished last last year, right? Yeah, I think so. Even then, they still could turn a couple games around and be a playoff contender. Well, I mean, that's because, uh, uh, you know, Sandoval actually started producing towards the end there. And they're actually trying to unload Hanley, which, I mean, who wouldn't? The guy can't play left field. No, he can't. He's a DH when... They still have David Ortiz, and it makes no sense to why you'd keep him on the team one more year. I mean, when pe- the people are happy when they put Hanley in left field because you know he's going to make an error. Because I remember watching the games last year, and I see it go up in left field. I'm like, thank God, do something. Because it goes, it's going to go to Hanley, and he's not going to do anything with it. No. There's always a chance he can make an error like every other play. So I mean, Clayton Kershaw's no-hitter in 2014 is a perfect game. Hanley Ramirez commits an error. In, in like the fifth or sixth Didn't inning. Didn't he play shortstop for them though? Yeah, he played shortstop. Go figure. Um, the hardest position to play on the field, and they put Hanley Ramirez there. That that kind of sets up the the pitching market. So what was so Granky's getting what like thirty five million a year? That's the brand new record in the MLB, I think. Yeah, th- like thirty five million a year, and Price is getting like twenty five. Yeah, we can't do long division in our heads. Yeah, I can't do long division in my head either, because I'm like that. Um, but yeah, it's it it sets the pitching market up to be a lot more expensive. I mean, I mean, Samarja just signed what a five year deal with the Giants. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but he got a he got a good bit of. I think he got a lot of money too, and so Chen's gonna get paid pretty much. Chen's gonna be hundred million dollar pitcher. You think he's gonna be hundred million dollar pitcher? Yes, he's a lefty. He's Three ERA average kind of guy. I think Wayne Chan's getting $100 million. And I think a team like... I think the Mariners may go after him. Or maybe the Angels. Because he thrives in the AL West. He thrives in Oakland. I mean, Oakland doesn't have the money to sign him. But he thrives in that ballpark. So his agent's probably like, hey... Well, Scott Boris, like, hey, you do well against these teams. You're going to be looking to get money from these teams. Because the Angels have good resources. To get, maybe even the Dodgers. I'd like to see him end up in Texas. Because I feel like that rotation would be interesting with him in there. They're losing out on Gallardo. Chen would be a good replacement. Um, Texas would work. I'm either Texas or the Dodgers right now, I think. Yeah, I mean... Because the Dodgers lost out on Grinky. They lost out they on... They just signed U- Iwakuma, though. Well, yeah, but who's who's the lefty? I mean, you got Kershaw. But then Brett Anderson, he's... I mean, they did give him a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, they have they have Kershaw, they have Iwakuma, they uh, have... Oh, but then Hyunjin Ryu. So Hyunjin Ryu, yeah. So maybe maybe the Angels over the Dodgers, if anything. But with the pitching market, you always got to look at the big teams. The Yankees, the Red Sox. Obviously, they're not the Red Sox now because they got David Price, but do the Yankees look at a Wei-Yin Chen? Because I... they're trying to move... Um, I mean, you have Sabathia, who hasn't been what CC Sabathia was... He, he's the thing with Sabathia is his fastball is losing velocity every year, and that's always a bad sign for a starting pitcher. Yeah, especially a guy like Sabathia who throws like his fastball like sixty percent of the time. I think so, Sabathia moves to the bullpen at some point this season. They keep on touting him as a starter though, because they want to stick with him because Girardi likes him. So it, it's going to be interesting after he gets out of um, rehab what the what they're going to be doing. But, I, I mean, I could definitely see the Yankees going after him. Tr- yeah, because they're trying to move Pineda. They are? Yeah, the thing I saw is they're trying to... I mean, the Yankees are trying to clean house, it feels like, to get some younger talent. Because they still have enough talent to contend. Because well, it it's to share and Beltran off the books next year, aren't they? It's either next year or the year after. I, think, I think it's next year because... or No, it's this year because Beltran was only a three-year deal. And this will be his third year, so... And then A-Rod's off the books next year, too, isn't he? Yeah, so the Yankees are freeing up some money, so they probably can go out there to Chen and then be set for a couple of years with him because Chen's Chen's main thing is consistency. He was the only consistent Orioles starter the last couple of seasons compared to maybe, 
you know, Chris Tillman, who can show signs of being a Cy Young candidate one day and then being, you know, a 4A guy the next. Mm-hmm. So Chen's big thing is consistency. The Yankees need consistency in that rotation. Right. I don't know. It's always interesting to see how the pitching market plays out because, like, Scott Feldman got, like, $60 million last year, right? Or yeah. It was, like, $40 million. For, like, $40, 50000000 million, I think. Which is just asinine because he wasn't that good. No. He wasn't worth Jake Arrieta and Pedro Strope. Uh Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> let's not even think about that. Um... Oh, speaking of clubs going after starters, you see that report about Gosman? They're trying to trade for Kevin Gosman, trying to give up either Soler or Baez. I I would think, even if they got both of them, I don't know if the Orioles should do that. No, you need Gosman. He has the, because Kevin Gosman's going to go to Chicago and be what uh, Jake Arrieta is. You need to figure out what to do with Kevin Gosman. You can't, and what is Soler going to bring, or Baez, that they don't already have in like Scope or Manny? You don't need another right-handed batter. Well, the thing is, Baez is learning how to play center field in the Winter League. And Soler's already an outfielder, right? Correct? Yeah, Soler's right fielder. He's because the right fielder. Because Dexter Fowler's probably not going to come back. Yeah, and, well, I mean, that shores up your outfield if you get him. Yeah. If you get them. But I would, I would, I would have to ask for both of them if I'm trading Gosman, and then I'm not even still sure about that. No. Because you don't, you don't have a... You don't have a rotation because Tillman was subpar, and then you just have a bunch of unknowns after him and Jimenez. I mean, Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, oh yeah, Miguel Gonzalez. Miguel Gonzalez was probably the worst, one of the worst starting pitchers we had last year. Which is saddening because I like I like Miggy. I'm big on Gonzalez, but he did not show anything that made me prove that he's worth a start in the rotation this next season, compared to maybe like a Tyler Wilson. Yeah, he's going to have to outpitch somebody. He's going to have to probably outpitch Jimenez and maybe even Vance Worley. Good point, good point. I like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I do that. I mean, I would have to... If I do, I try to get <laughs> the haul like the uh, like the Braves did from the Diamondbacks. I would like something like that. Yeah. Um, we can just jump right into that real quick um, if we're moving stuff around since I just mentioned it. Yeah. Do you mind? Um, just real quick, uh, this we'll talk about this later, but um, Aroldis Chapman, after all that, the Orioles received calls on Zach Britton, and apparently they're preferring to hang on to him for now. Oh, okay. And add Will Venable to the list of Orioles targets, seemingly poised to strike on Chris Davis or Justin Upton. Uh, that's from Ken Rosenthal. So, Will Venable, option for the outfield. Well, why are we always linked to him? He looks like he's garbage, to be honest. I don't know. He doesn't look like he's that good. He's like a fourth outfielder platoon at best. At best. He's not even Gerardo Parra. And I would rather bring him back than bring exactly. him Venable, so. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing Parra back as like a fourth outfielder, to be, no. on, to be completely honest. If you me. bring in someone else, you can, you can bring in Parra. I'm fine with that. Yeah, to be as like a fourth outfielder, maybe a platoon guy. With know. like Rymold and left. Yeah, something like that. I would I would be totally for that, but you have to bring in somebody else. Like Hayward, maybe even Fowler. I mean, you lose out on a draft pick with Dexter Fowler because of the compensation, but I feel like if you're if we're gonna if you get anybody worthwhile that's not named um Casimir or Cueto or um Upton, you have to give up a draft pick. Yeah. Is Upton tied to a draft pick? I can't No. Remember. Okay. I couldn't remember. Only Fowler is out of the outfielders, I think. Okay. But um, as I was saying earlier, getting jumping right into Arizona real quick, um, the, Arizona got fleeced. I'm just going to say it straight out. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is cracking. Um, they trade The Braves traded Shelby Miller for uh, Inciarte. Ender Inciarte. Ender Inciarte. I can never pronounce his name. He has a weird name. Yeah. Uh, is the, what is it? Blake Swanson? Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson. One of the best names in baseball, I think. Dansby Swanson and oh, Ozanio, or no, wait, that's not him. Aaron Blair. Aaron Blair. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the, the Braves' uh, list of prospects because as soon as they traded for him, Swanson jumped to their number one and then Blair jumped to the number four. Shelby Miller is not worth all those guys because... Jose Fernandez is. Not Jose sure. Fernandez is worth that. Not Probably Shelby even Miller. more, but he's worth at least that. Yeah. But Inciarte is above average outfielder who had a crazy defensive metrics both years he started. Um, Dansby Swanson is probably going to be an all-star shortstop. He was the first overall pick in the 2015 draft. So he was the first pick in last season's draft. 
And the Diamondbacks just gave him away like that. And Aaron Blair is like was their top pitching prospect. Who also I mentioned the year before, twenty fourteen, what they drafted Toki Tassan, who the Braves also got for peanuts from the Diamondbacks. They gave uh, the Diamondbacks gave up uh, Bronson Arroyo and Toki Tassan for some no name. Yeah. So the Braves are just fleecing the Diamondbacks left and right. The the the. the Dave Stewart is making dumb moves now because, you know... Grinch, Worse than Kevin Towers? I don't know, because Kevin Towers was bad, too. Um, the Towers, uh, Kirk Gibson, Rain, and Arizona was awful. They were a playoff team in 2011, and I still don't know how. But you you would think, you got a guy like Paul Goldschmidt. He's probably the second or third best player in the um, NL. Probably the fifth best in the MLB. Um... AJ Pollock is a solid center fielder. You know, you had NCR tape, but now you have Yasmani Tomas, um, who I don't think is an everyday outfielder, to be honest with you. No, but, but you got a solid team, and you're giving away Dansby Swanson, your future shortstop, for. Who do they have at shortstop now? Um, I think it was Nick Ahmed or something. Oh yeah, Ahmed, and he's a defensive guy. He's not a hitter. He's right. he's a big defense guy, and. Dansby Swanson is a hitter and defender, so you can't just give him away for Shelby Miller. You you want top top talent for that. I at the very most I give two of those guys away for Shelby Miller, not all three. I give away NCR and Blair, not Dansby. Dave Dave uh, Stewart goes. I go with my gut, and this was my gut feeling, and I go with it. Well, you made a dumb move, and you don't. You giving Zach Greinke all that money, and then you're gonna have to take on Shelby Miller. You're not going to have a payroll in a couple of years. You're going to have to not pay somebody in a couple of years. I think I was reading something like I think they're t- they just got a new TV deal the Diamondbacks did and they're getting like a bunch of more money. So I think that's why they're willing to spend. Well, they had one of the they had a middle of the ground payroll in 2014. It dropped significantly in 2015. So they had some money freed up. So that made sense for Grinky, but not like I mean you still got Goldschmidt, Pollock, and some other very solid players. I mean right. they have a solid rotation. I. I think it's probably number two in that division right now, but with the rest of their offense, I don't know, outside of Goldschmidt and Pollock. I'm I'm buying big into uh, Theo Epstein's um, uh, thing with the Cubs where he's like, covet the bats. He would he would he when he when they were rebuilding the Cubs they traded for many bats many young bats as they could. Addison Russell. Addison Russell. Um, they drafted Chris Bryant. They drafted. Um, they signed Anth- Anthony. They traded for Anthony Rizzo. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure they drafted Rizzo, but he was way before um, Epstein was in Chicago. Are you sure about that? Yeah, because Rizzo's been there a while. Hmm. I was actually... I'm going to check that because I was reading something on um, Reddit about how Travis Wood is the longest-tenured Cub and um, how uh, Rizzo was actually in the Epstein era. If I can find it, hold on. But yeah, it's it, covening the bats is, I think, a strategy that not a lot of teams look at, but is actually probably the best uh, idea for rebuilding. Uh, nope, or no wait. Sean Marshall to Cincy for him and Dave Sapelt. Who is he talking to? Is that Travis Wood? Was Travis Wood with um, Cincy? Not that I know of. Uh, no, no, okay, never mind. Yeah, my bad. Uh, Anthony Rizzo was a guard before Epstein. I, I, my bad there. But yeah, I feel like coveting the bats is one thing that a lot of teams do. I mean, people make fun of the Orioles for doing it because, or no, the Orioles did the opposite. They grew the arms, bought, bought the bats. That yeah. was that was the that, that was, was the, the mantra. An, that was the Andy McPhail era. And we saw how well that worked out. But, I mean, you could probably attribute it to um, the Orioles not growing any arms. You, you attribute that more to pitching development because the guys they had had skill. Like Arietta, Mattis, Tillman. These guys had skills, but they weren't developed properly. Right. And, like, now it's Bundy, Gosman, Harvey, uh, Givens, Drake, uh, Hess, and all these guys. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, I like the way that the, the Cubs are rebuilding and... 
I don't, I don't, I, whenever you trade away, like, a guy who has that much potential, and especially at a position, as a position player, I, I am immediately questioning the idea there, because I feel like arms are expendable because there are so, there, you can never, one, there's, there's so many pitchers in the league, you can never have enough pitching and all that jazz. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, we'll see how this trade plays out, but I do not see it playing out in the uh, Diamondbacks' favor because it was also Shelby Miller pitched in like the weakest offensive division in MLB. I mean, you're facing the Nationals, the Marlins. I mean, the Mets have weak offense for about three fourths of the season. You're about to go to face the Dodgers, the Giants, and even the Rockies can hit well. So. Yeah, especially in Coors Field. Especially in Coors Field. So, nope, Arizona. Arizona got screwed. It, it, yeah, it's a bad trade. Um, talking about pitching, I wanted to move on. Uh, Henderson Alvarez is a name that got non-tendered, which is completely surprising. Well, I guess not totally surprising considering he's coming off Tommy John. Do the Orioles take a look at him? I mean, the Orioles are obviously going to take a look at him. It's whether they offer him anything or give him a tryout. Um, he's interesting just because he has shown signs of being like a solid number two guy, which the Orioles just need. I mean, fill up the rotation. I mean, the way I want the Orioles to run their pitching staff is like what the Kansas City Royals did. Average starting pitching, great bullpen. And the Orioles kind of have that. They have the lesser version of that. They have Britton, O'Day, Givens. The Royals have Holland, uh, Wade uh, Davis, Wade Davis, and Kelvin Herrera. Those guys are solid back-of-the-end bullpen guys. You can have a rotation with Tillman, you know, maybe even like a throw in a Henderson Alvarez, Scott Casimir be good enough to get you maybe, like, the 18th best ERA for pitching staffs. Because the best pitching staffs don't win you a World Series. They get you to the playoffs. You can see that with the Dodgers. The Mets didn't win the World Series. They got there, but they didn't win. Um, but the bullpen wins it for you. Yeah, the bullpen wins it for you in the end. Because unless your starters are... Like, I had a discussion one time, like, well, David Price isn't worth what he's worth. Well, yes, he is. He's your number one guy. But that's not all your money should go to one guy. It should go spread out to a bunch of other average guys in your rotation to where you're paying a bullpen good amount of money because they're solid bullpen arms. With um, I'm kind of getting off on a little tangent here, but I'm saying... Go for it. You don't throw all your eggs in one basket for me, like a David Price, when you could get Henderson Alvarez and Scott Casimir, add them to a Tillman, Gonzalez, and Jimenez have that be enough to get you to the playoffs. Because Johnny Cueto showed up in Kansas City, and he was like a 4-ERA guy. He yeah. wasn't what he was in Cincinnati at all. I, I think that has to do a lot with his mechanics, because his mechanics are so funky. Yeah, but, you know, Kansas City showed us that you don't have to have a great rotation. Outside of Bumgarner, the Giants' rotation in 2014 was not that good. And in 2013, outside of John Lester, the Red Sox was, wasn't that good. And you're not having these number one guys, like... The Toronto Blue Jays traded for David Price. They didn't get past the Kansas City Royals because they have the way better bullpen. Right. When it came to the uh, Blue Jays' bullpen, you had Roberto Ozuna in the ninth inning and a bunch of question marks for this, from the 6th to the 8th because unless you're having... Like, say you had David Price only go 4 because he's struggling. You're bringing out Mark Lowe to pitch two innings. Who do you have until you get to Ozuna in the ninth, even if you're leading? Right. So I think a, bit, a strong bullpen with an okay rotation wins you, gets you into the playoffs nowadays. Which is pretty much what the, the 2014 Orioles were. Yeah, with a good offense. You need a good offense. The, yeah. Orioles, the Orioles don't have to worry about offense at all. With the park they're in, with Machado and Scope, they yeah, don't have they, to they worry have a, about They these. have a passable offense. They have probably the third best offense in the AL East right now. I put the Red Sox number one, and I, I, put, I put the Blue Jays number two. I agree. I, I put the Blue Jays number one. To be honest with you, because they hit so many fucking home runs. I, they are the most fun offense to watch because they hit so many. They're just, all right hand hitters. Dingers ding- left and right. Just Donald. Oh. Don, when they traded for Tulowitzki, I was like, this offense is going to be so much fun to watch. And they were. I don't like the Blue Jays. I don't want them to win, but they are so fun to watch. If they score eight runs and the other team scores ten, I'm off. I'm off for it. You just want to see offense. I just, yeah, I'm big on offense. I'm big on offense and blowing guys away in eighth and ninth inning. Starting pitching is not that important to me, and obviously. Like, a team like the Dodgers sees that a different way. Well, what have the Dodgers done the last couple of years? Right. They haven't, they've not they made it to the NLCS once, and they got blown out by the Cardinals. And they've had probably one of the better rotations. The, be- the best one-two punch in Major League Baseball. For the last couple of seasons. What yeah. has it done for them? One NLCS appearance. When the Cardinals, with not as good a rotation, way better bullpen. What did the... The Dodgers had no bullpen. The Tigers had three... The three past Cy Young winners in one rotation... 
and look at their bullpen. What did the Orioles do to them? They swept those three starting pitchers. Yeah, they swept them. That's that's a very good point. I I I can see. I can definitely see how um how that would work and like how it has worked to be honest. But I, I think with KC, the big thing with them was is that their their back end of their back three were out of this world. Like like wait, like, like wait. three like probably three of the top five relievers in Major League Baseball yeah. they had in that bullpen. So I definitely feel like a strong bullpen and an average rotation is definitely one way to go about it, but I feel like you can that way only works if your bullpen is really that good. You have to have one of the best bullpens. And they didn't even have Greg Holland in the playoffs. They had Wade Davis and Kelvin Herrera. Yeah. They, they, they rode they, those they were, two guys. They, they rode them. Yeah, and it worked out. Wade Davis was the best relief pitcher in 2015. Yeah, and it and it was by a good amount. I mean, you have like Dylan Patances, uh, Zach Britton was top ten. I felt like Wade Davis could have won MVP the way he pitched in the world of, in the World Series and just in the playoffs in general, just leading up to the playoffs and in the playoffs. Um, I feel like he could have won like MVP. That was like an MVP run. Yeah, he was basically the Baumgartner version of a reliever in this World Series. No, nothing was getting by him. Nothing was. He was just, un, he was unhittable. And then speaking of relievers that have been very good, um, unfortunately, uh, Aroldis Chapman. Here you go. I'm handing him papers so he can he can read this quote. Um, Aroldis Chapman was involved in a domestic violence or domestic dispute with his ex-girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Um, where she reports she was choked and punched by him and he went to the garage and shot up a wall with a gun and it like hurt his hand. Former Reds manager Dusty Baker. Current Nationals manager. Current Nationals manager. I'm so happy the Nationals hired this guy now because maybe it means the Nationals go into a bit of a bigger slump. But this is what Dusty Baker said. Quote, I don't believe reports. Who knows why? I'm not the one to judge on how the whole thing happened. I mean, who's to say the allegations are true? And who's to say what you would have done or what caused the problem? This is bad. The, in an offseason where you have Jose Reyes accused of domestic violence, Yasiel Puig accused of uh, his sister, right? attacking his sister, and now Roldis Chapman, you're the manager of a baseball team again, Dusty. You cannot say these things. This is so... And now the MLB has to use their new domestic violence policy to Actually possi- punish people. possibly um, punish three players. And you're having one of the managers in... One of these new managers that is coming back into the league. Dusty Baker didn't manage a team for a while. He's been out of the league. He's coming to a team with a guy like Bryce Harper and, like, notoriety. And he's saying... Papelbon. Yeah, where an actual violence case happened in his own team now. Like, you know, Papelbon tried to choke out Bryce Harper. Yeah, where if that happens on the street corner, Papelbon's in jail and Bryce Harper is reimbursed for it but since it's baseball it's just boys being boys you know <laughs> well i mean that's with it with like a lot of sports i mean i mean pitcher i mean well yeah gr- charging the mound yeah if that happened in real life that's an assault that's an assault case yeah it's 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 just the way sports are but dusty baker please stop talking i can just see the nats pr guys in back in washington going oh my god we should have just given bud black the world <laughs> For real, I'm I'm so pissed off they didn't hire Bud Black. I mean, I didn't want him to go to the Nationals because I'm not I'm not big on the Nationals. But Bud Black is such an underrated manager. He never got a fair shake, and I mean, he got his fair shake in San Diego, but he ne- was never given a team with actual talent to work with. He it, had like half a season when they made all those moves. Yeah, and that was it. And now he's taking up a um, he's a, a special a, assistant to the GM in the Angels organization. Yeah, with Mike Sosha and oh, I wish they just cut Mike Sosha and do away with him because he is not a good manager. Right. Um, He's but, wasting that team in my opinion. He's, yeah. he's tanking that team. Yeah, but with Dusty Baker, this is not what the MLB wants to see because you have the Greg Hardy situation in the NFL, all the other NFL players that have been accused of this stuff. You can't be saying these things. I know he's not... And even he said, oh, I didn't read about what happened. Why not? And then he defends Chapman, saying, well, he's a good guy. That's what they all say. Everyone was saying, you know, Ray Rice, I never expected this. Yeah, because you're never supposed to suspect. You never expect them to do violent things towards women, because they're not supposed to. Yeah. It's a very bad thing, and it just... 
the sports world needs to view this as a bigger problem than it is, and that's all I'm going to say. If you want more about this, go watch Katie Nolan's YouTube page because she has good stuff about It's more about Greg Hardy and the NFL, but it goes it spreads across all sports. Okay, so now as Connor climbs down from a soapbox, <laughs> do you... <laughs> what was that? I'm, I'm climbing down. It's it's squeaky up there. I'm up there a lot. <laughs> oh, it's, you, it's not it's, a soapbox. It's a tower. Yeah, it's a tower. You're in your ivory tower. Yes. <laughs> if you follow my Twitter, you should know this by now. Come on. I haven't, I haven't been on Twitter lately. I've, I've been meaning to get back on because of the hot stove and it being hot, but I, I've just not been a Twitter person lately. But um, that's that's pretty much all we have to say for baseball, unless you want to say anything else before we move on to the little what what little we're going to talk about football. Um, baseball off season is a fun time of the year, and it's it's fun to say that teams do stupid stuff and teams do good stuff because the teams that do stuff in December are the teams that don't make it to October. I feel like because you saw it last year with the Padres. It's like the teams for the NFL that make the moves in March. They don't make it to January. It's it's when you make the smart moves that count, not the big moves that get you the attention, I feel like. It's about, I feel like a lot with a lot of sports, it's just about growing your own talent, keeping them for reasonable amounts of money, and then um, adding adding little pieces that that, um, supplement them. St. Louis Cardinals. I, I would say I would say the Ravens up until well yeah up until the, the last couple seasons. Well, no, they haven't really had any big name signings. I mean, they they've kept Joe Flacco. They they were gonna keep Ray Rice. The if Ray Rice doesn't have that happen, he's still your starting running. Yeah, back. Yeah, he's still the starting running back for the Ravens. Um, Marshall Yanda, homegrown. Uh, what is? I it? mean, you get guys like Monroe and those kind of guys. Kalechi Asamle. Well, he, yeah, drafty. Uh, Rick Wagner. All the tight ends are homegrown. Um, all the wide receivers are homegrown, besides, the, like, well, actually not now, but they've traded for Chris Gibbons, but Marlon Brown's homegrown, Kamari Aiken, Aiken is somewhat homegrown, he came over from the Patriots, but he's had most of his playing time here, um, what is it, Timmy Jernigan, Brandon Williams, Hlody Nada was, Terrell Cr- Suggs, Terrell Suggs, uh, CJ Mosley, uh, all these guys are homegrown, and they supplement them with guys like Daryl Smith, and Elvis Dumerville and Chris Canty and your yeah you know, your Eugene Monroe's and your uh, Jeremy Zatas like that's a model to follow in the NFL for baseball it's the Cardinals for the most part yeah I mean they never really pay anybody big money no their biggest contract I think is, is Matt Adam, Ho- Adam Wainwright I thought it's either Wainwright or Matt Holiday their biggest free agent contract I think is Matt Holiday oh, okay but even then they acquired him in a trade and probably re-signed him so. If you want to be a baseball, a good baseball team, hire former Cardinals assistants. <laughs> Pretty much. Or or hack into the Houston Astros. <laughs> <laughs> Best fan, St. Louis. <laughs> What's the- isn't there like a Twitter account like baseball's best fans? Yeah, best fans St. Louis, and they just retweet like whenever they play the Pirates, they always call them the Butt Pirates, and they retweet all those people. <laughs> <laughs> or Yadier Molina deserves to be MVP every year, or the best. He's like Yadier Molina is the best player in the league. Or, like their obsession with Yadier Molina is annoying. <laughs> well. Moving on, we're gonna we're gonna transition into football real quick because we're only we only have a couple minutes to talk about football because we went on so long about the baseball hot stove. Um, the big news for the Ravens is that tight end Nick Boyle has just been suspended without pay for the final four games for violating the NFL's policy on performance enhancing substances, and that leaves the Ravens with zero healthy tight ends. They signed two guys, uh, one from the practice squad and one from free agency to come in and play, but that's been it. Like, there's nobody else on the roster because Crockett Gilmer hurt his back. Or was it Max Williams? I can't remember what's going on with the tight ends because I'm not e- barely even following the season. But I know for Crockett Gilmer and Max Williams are hurt. Uh, Nick Boyle has just been suspended, who actually looked kind of decent for us. He he hurdles some guys. He yeah, can, he's he got can, jumps. He, he, he's, got, he's got hops. White, Nick Boyle, white men can jump. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he's disproving the stereotype. But... Um, yeah, there's there's like no tight ends, and it, it just goes to show that how how many things are just going wrong this season. Because I mean, we have 14 players on injured reserve, and going past the field, the Ravens' defensive line coach Clarence Brooks, who has been tenured through through the Billick era, he's lasted since Billick, and right now he's uh, fighting esophageal cancer. 
Um, so we, I send my best wishes to him, and he's probably been one of the reasons why our defensive line has been such a so consistent um, for so long, even um, with all the player moves and stuff. Yeah, it's been it's and the same could have been said when we lost Terrell Austin because he went with Caldwell or no, was it Caldwell to um Detroit? I think he went with the Caldwell to Detroit. Probably because Hoodie Nada went there as well. So Yeah, but he was a reason why the secondary was so consistent for so long. But And as soon as he left, everything fell apart. So, I mean, I think um, position coaches are very underrated, um, especially in the Ravens organization. As I think they're underrated overall in the league, but the, especially in the... The Billick and Harbaugh coaching trees are very impressive. Yeah. I mean, let's not, let's not even go to that because that's going to take forever. <laughs> But um, and also it was another security staff where he lost his wife and daughter in a, far, uh, a house fire earlier this season. He still has his son, but um, that that was just heartbreaking to read about. But that's gone wrong. Everything has gone wrong this season. No, it's a very depressing season for the Ravens, and you just can't sum it up in words anymore. Right. Um, but I mean, there are some uh, uh, bright spots. I mean, Harbaugh got the most wins in franchise history with a win over the Browns. Uh, week before last, the blocked kick return touchdown by Will Hill, and I must admit that's probably one of the best endings to a game I've ever seen. So, I mean, two teams that nobody has on their radar for the playoffs anymore. It was and, a good game to watch in general. I know for a Monday night when the games are usually crap, it yeah. was one of the best endings I've seen in a long in a long time. Um, and then what is it? oh yeah, Justin Tucker's the fastest kicker to five hundred points, which makes sense. Throw because the confetti. Yeah, woohoo! That's the accomplishment this season. <laughs> When Tucker's your healthiest long-term player, and he, he's our biggest offensive weapon. What are you talking about? I mean, when you're scoring a lot of points like they did in the Super Bowl year, and then 2013, 2014, your kicker's going to get a lot of points, especially when your offense can't convert in the red zone. So, makes sense. Um. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's just the season's been just even more shit, and you want to see why we don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about football at all. He, how are the Giants doing? Uh, the well, whole the whole NFC East is awful. Well, I mean, the three Cow- te- the three 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 teams are five and seven. The Cowboys are four and eight. Um, the Cowboys are one game out of first place, and they're four and eight. And the rest of the teams are five and seven, tied for first place. Um, went to the Giants Redskins game, had beer thrown thrown on me, left at the second half. Start. Oh yeah, we're have to, gonna have to get that story next week. Next we're gonna have story time with Connor is gonna be next week. So be ready for that. Connor's first adventure to FedEx Field. Yeah, it's gonna be next week. Um, so we're gonna end the show on a, a little bit of a light note. Did you hear? Did you hear that headline about Bart Scott? Yes, it's an amazing. Bart Scott said that uh, when he was a free agent, if if I remember this very vividly, it was Ray Lewis, Bart Scott, and Charles Suggs were all. Um, no, wait. This was that was after that. Never mind. This was before that. But I, I'm thinking of another time when both of those were free agents. Um, but Bart Scott had his contract, his second deal with the Ravens. Um, before he became a free agent when Ray Lewis, him, and Terrell Suggs became all free agents. Um, his second deal, he was uh, visiting the Browns, and they had a deal all in place for him to be a Cleveland Brown, so he went in the bathroom, and Ozzy, it was like, Ozzy got on the phone with him, and Ozzy said, where are you? He's like, he's like I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the Browns facility. He said, don't do anything. We're going to bring you back, or something along those lines. He hid in the bathroom, did not... How how are, he hid in the bra- bathroom did not become a Brown. He's probably taking the Browns to the Super Bowl while hiding to avoid signing with the Cleveland Browns. But that that's that's amazing. That's, I, I that's love Bart Scott. That sums up their franchise right there. Pretty much. You, I mean, you hid from the team to sign with the your their division rival, and you hid in the bathroom. It. it I love Bart Scott because I mean between that can't wait, and all the other quotable. And now he's. He does CBS Morning Show, right, for the football on Sunday mornings? Yeah, something like that. He's on some uh, Sunday morning show for football. Yeah, he's he's on a pregame show. He's good to listen to. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, Well, any uh, any final comments before we close out the show? Don't sign Chris Davis. (laughs) Don't sign Chris Davis. All right, well. uh, Unless it's for, like, six years, 20 20 million. Peanuts. Um, you get a statue in uh, Legends Park if you sign for fifteen million a year. <laughs> I mean, which would never happen. But <laughs> well, as always, um, you can. This is Cody Colston. You can find me 
at the underscore other Cody, I think. There's an underscore in there somewhere between the words. You just got to find it. Never remembers. Never remembers. That's me. Um, and where can we find you, Connor? You can find me on Twitter at Connor underscore Garcia. You can find me on BaltimoreSportsReport.com. I have an article coming out either pretty soon about the Orioles not being big spenders in the offseason. Um, you can also find me uh, at the Abandoned Insane Asylum on the General's Highway in Crownsville, Maryland. Um, Are you going there this weekend? No, I read about it while uh, I was at work. and I. You can find me there um, lurking around. You can find me on the BART train in Oakland, California. <laughs> the what train? The BART train. That's what their metro is called. The BART? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 I might have something coming out on BSR next week. Um, if Chris Davis remains unsigned, because I'm going to have some words about that, but I, I'm in the middle of finals right now, so everything's fucking crazy. You can also find me on the p- comments section of BaltimoreSun.com, arguing with people. <laughs> Oh, not not Masson. You stepped up your game. No, I never did Masson. I I was on the Orioles Facebook page and I left it. So I, that, I, that that should tell you enough. I left the game. I was tired of the Orioles Facebook mantra of stupidity. He says as he still has his, the Twitter app downloaded. <laughs> hey, there are some smart people on Twitter that follow Rule One. Don't tweet. Don't tweet. Hey, rule- D- Darren O'Day, rule one, don't tweet. God damn it. Rule two, don't don't write columns. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this week's show. We'll hopefully see you guys next week. Until then, take care.